We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is the white shirt-clad Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher. I just like that shirt, man. I don't know why. It's white. It's simple. But it is styling and profiling, baby. I like it. Uh, but anyway, we are going to continue uh, our position previews going into the spring because it is March, everybody. And uh, spring practice will start at some point. This month, which is crazy to me. It always seems like spring practice creeps up on me. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) it seems like we just finished the season. But uh, spring practice is right around the corner. And uh, we are going to break down the cornerback position today with our offense, defense, back and forth. Uh, We did the running backs in our last podcast. Make sure you check that out. Uh, We're going to talk cornerbacks uh, this time around, Brian. And... No lack of um, of people on mm-hmm. the depth chart, but we are lacking a little bit of experience from top to bottom on the depth chart. Yeah, this is a this is the epitome of of potential versus production. I mean, <clears throat> as far as what this group is coming in, even a guy like Clarence Lewis, who you know played a lot as a freshman last year, he was still a freshman, and right. you know they didn't exactly. exactly. You know they didn't play a ton of teams that are great throwing the ball, and, and Notre Dame did well in some of those games. North Carolina being one and he he played it a bunch in that game after replacing Tariq Bracey and then other you know in other games they didn't play as well Alabama and Clemson both times in the past game so uh certainly uh, there's it, it's just it's the biggest question mark to me on the roster I mean really when it comes to because like at least it's safety 
for example, which is the other concerning area in the secondary, the secondary as a whole is a question sure. mark. But with safety, like you, even if Houston Griffith just is what he's been, you you know what you're getting, right? You know what you're getting from DJ Brown. Now, if, I think there's another level for Houston Griffith, but even if he doesn't get to that level, you still at least have a level of this is the level of production. This is a guy that played a ton in 2018. You know, did play a decent amount last year as part of the rotation. So there's some experience there, right? Yeah. With Cam Hart, I mean, you, there's almost no real game experience. You've got Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey, but Tariq Bracey is coming off of a year in which he basically had to get put on the sideline because he just he had a mental, you know, confidence collapse. So yeah. you really yeah. can't look at his experience as a benefit right now because we don't know where he's going to be mentally. Sure. So it just raises a lot of question marks. But the nice thing about it is it is a talented group. And as a coach, that's where you want to be. You don't like <clears throat> and that's why I think you could even say that from a a potential standpoint, the cornerback position could end up being stronger than safety in 2021 as a whole. When you include starters, depth, backups and all those factors, obviously no one's at corner is going to be as good as Kyle Hamilton. And knowing a corner may not even be as good as Houston Griffith, but I'm referring to the entire depth chart. And so it, it could end up because what you have there is a corner is you have a lot of big bodies and maybe you can help at safety. You can help at the nickel. There's a lot of different things. If the cornerback position pans out, whereas at safety, there just aren't a lot of guys. You say, boy, this guy, if the light goes on, could be really special. You, that's just not the case outside of the top yeah. two. But, yeah, but not sure. even then, like I, DJ Brown's not going to become Harrison Smith. Oh, yeah, right? you're it's right. Just, it's not there, right? And so to me, that's where with corner, however, there's a number of guys, like if the light goes on, dot, dot, dot. Sure. There's a number of players like that, and, and that's where the, the, the encouragement comes. And then it comes down to do you trust the coach at that position to be able to get the most out of those players? Well, when I look at Mike Mickens, my answer is, well, yeah, absolutely. I, I think yeah. – he did a great job in his first year at Notre Dame, uh, did a great job at Cincinnati. I, I love that hire when they made it, and he's done nothing since he's got to Notre Dame that's made me doubt the confidence I had when he got hired. Now he gets a full spring. We'll get into some of that, but I'm I'm confident. I'm more confident in the cornerback position than I should be based on just what's on paper. Sure. That and a big a part of, of that is the, the talent, but then also <laughs> – there's a coach that I have confidence in that's going to get the most out of that talent. So we always talk about when we do these position previews, first thing we like to talk about is what they lost. Um, and we can kind of, we, we can do a little bit of a, you know, this is, this is kind of how it went last year. Um, but you know what they lost in Nick McLeod, they only had him for one year, but thank goodness they did. Uh, because if they didn't, yeah, it could have been a, a, yeah. a greatly different story in 2020. He was such a steadying force at cornerback last year. I mean, yes. you know, was he a great player? No. Was he a guy that's going to be a, a high NFL draft pick? No. But he provided leadership and yes. toughness, and and he you just you knew what he was going to be able to do day after day. Game that's exactly game. right. You talk about knowing what you're going to get from the safeties mm -hmm. this year. You knew what you were going to get from yep. Nick McLeod, and it was steady. Yep. And it was he's going to bring the bring his lunch pail every time. Yeah. And what that allows you to do as a coach is, okay, here's what he can do really well, and here's the things he's maybe not great at. Sure. So when you know he's going to do those really well things every game, you can now tailor your coverages yes. to say, well, we're going to protect him from the things maybe he doesn't do great. Yep. 
And so they were able to do that, and that allowed Nick McLeod to have a really good season. I think he was an honorable mention all-conference player in the ACC, and that's impressive because the ACC has a lot of really good corners this past year. So and you just look at what would have happened without him. Not having spring ball really hurt this team last year. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again as we get into it. So being able to get a veteran that has has played in the ACC, I think that helped too because he came in to Notre Dame from the league that they were going to be playing in. He's gone against Clemson. He's gone against North Carolina. He's gone against all these teams, and he knows, you know, how to prepare for them. And yeah. I think his his having Nick McLeod, you say he only had him for one year, and they're only going to get that impact for one year. But I actually think his impact is going to last beyond 2020 because I think that he is a bigger corner. There's a lot of young, bigger corners on the roster. From everything I've heard about Nick McLeod, how he went about his business on an everyday basis has to have had effect on the younger players. The fact that they got to see that day after day, here's how you prepare. Here's how you practice. Here's how you watch film. Here's how you go about these things. Sure. I think that's going to, that's going to impact Cam Hart. That's going to impact Ramon Henderson. That's going to impact Clarence Lewis. And so I think his impact, even though we're not going to see it and there's no way to really quantify it. I think as a coach, having experienced those things with those types of veteran players, I really think he's going to impact this team beyond 2020 in regards to the play that we're going to see from the corners this year. We'll have some uh, benefit from those players having been on a team with Nick McLeod for an entire season. And it's going to, I think it's going to help the group. It's just one of those other little things that I think should allow this group to be more, more effective this season. Well, and you, you mentioned spring. And so I wanted to uh, allow you to elaborate on this, on the, the lost spring of 2020. I mean, most of the guys that we're going to see in the spring, most were on the roster last spring, and they would have had an opportunity to really get a lot of work in and get to the point where, okay, if something happens in the fall, we're comfortable putting those guys mm-hmm. in, et cetera. It you know, quickens their pace of becoming guys that you can count on, but that spring was lost. Right. So how, in your opinion, did it affect this particular group? Because now most of them, going into their very first spring with Notre Dame. Right. For, at, at corner. At corner. So, right. <clears throat> when you look at a guy like Cam Hart, for example, the, the, the year before he was a wide receiver, he, this Correct. was going to be his first spring at corner. Right. Uh, you, you look at Ramon Henderson and Caleb Offord were early enrollee freshmen, and then that's taken away. Um, Clarence Lewis, this is going to be his first spring at Notre Dame. So – they lost an opportunity to spend 15 practices plus film sessions, workouts, all those types of things with Mike Mickens, which slowed down his ability to get to know them. Sure. And not just as people, which is part of it. Part of it. But then also get to know them about here's what this guy does well. Here's how here's how I can push this guy's buttons to get the most out of him. Here's, you know, because uh, any good coach, in my opinion, is going to have a philosophy of I treat all my kids fairly but I don't treat them all the same because not every kid receives criticism the same way in, in sure. that. And I'm not talking about like, well, you got to be gentle with this guy, but like I, you know, I've had players in the past where if I would raise my voice to a kid, he was a real sensitive kid, hard worker, tough kids. He wasn't soft, but he just, he, for whatever reason that, that just kind of, he, he, he would have a hard time automatically put like defenses up I had another play receiver whose dad was literally a drill sergeant. And so how he heard information, was completely different than yeah, the other guys. So, so how do you balance teaching? Well, 
it took me a good year to kind of learn that. Sure. And then the next year it was the communication was so much better. Well, Mike Mickens lost all that opportunity right. in the spring. So he had to kind of start over with that in the, in the fall. Now you get into the first full spring with them. He's got now a full year under his belt in the program. He's now going to get those opportunities to where when you get to the fall events, you know this, for the first three weeks of fall camp, you're focused on teaching and all that. But then after the first two, three weeks, it's okay. We got a game to play. Yeah. We got a game to get ready for. Yep. Now you can kind of, there is no game, at least no game that matters. Well, and yeah, so it's now it's, game, it's right? more about development and, and getting back to the basics and, and, I'm okay if you get beat today because we're not worried about that. We're focusing on this one part of of breaking down, sure. you know, your coverage technique. And so if the offense is running a million plays at us, I don't care. Focus on what our objective is today. And so I think those things help. And then here's the other thing is that was a lot of young corners. They also missed four months in the weight room that yeah. at, a, at a time when that development was really important. So now they're going to get more of that. And I think those are the things that are going to impact this cornerback group, which – should allow us to see a bit more of a jump from some of these players than we otherwise would have had that we might have had last year. With the, I mean, maybe Ramon Henderson is more advanced and ready to play last year if he doesn't have – if the spring isn't lost. Sure. Maybe he's further ahead this spring coming in. So those are all the what-ifs that we don't know the answers to, but we will have those answers now because you have all those players coming back. We are going to have a spring, plus you have two new freshmen. So – this is this group is going to be in a much much better position to go out and really get the coaching they need, have the development they're going to need, have the failures without the concern of that failure is going to lead to getting beat on Saturday. It's a whole different type of coaching when when that's the mentality, and it's a good kind of coaching. It's especially impactful for younger players. So Brian, let's kick this thing off and and let's start talking about uh, the two guys that are returning to start with, and we'll. We'll, we'll start with Clarence Lewis, and I, I want to start this conversation with a question. Uh, we just we, we had talked about the fact that you know missing spring was so important uh, to this young group, and that includes Clarence Lewis. So the fact that he was able to get on the field and do what he was able to do as a true freshman without a spring, what does that say to you about Clarence Lewis and what he was able to do in the fall? He's a football player. He's smart. I mean – athletically he's not an elite athlete you know so he wasn't a guy that came in and you know a lot of times then you'll see these freshman corners that play they play because they're just like freaky athletes so they're either like super long or or just really athletic well he's none of those things he's pretty long but he's you know five five eleven and a half with long arms not six two with long arms you know good athlete he again everything about him is good nothing about him is great except sure. his mental toughness and his confidence he plays like a guy that 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 it's like he the way he plays he's one of those guys that that thinks he's way better than he is and you kind of want that at corner to a because, point yeah i agree guys yeah. like that cuz here's the thing he's a jersey kid he's tough he's gritty yeah. he's going to work he all those things are are a part of that right but when you have that package in a guy that thinks he's better it's good because those guys don't lose confidence you get beat ah you got lucky or whatever the case may be they're not going to they're not going to become shells. Like he had a terrible play early in the Alabama game where he just got beaten space by Devontae Smith. I think it was the first touchdown pass. But you watch him play, even though he didn't play a great game, you, he, he never played without confidence. Yeah. And, and that's something that can, you know, young corners, you're out there on an island. Every yep. millions of people just watch you get juked. 
and it didn't seem to bother him. It bothered him in, from the standpoint of like, you know, darn it, I messed up. But it sure, wasn't like, sure. oh my gosh, I'm going to get. He didn't like and, crawl into a, a shell mm-hmm. and quit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's an instinctive football player. And you could really see it in high school on offense. He played offense in high school and he was a really good wide receiver. He's actually, an, I believe, an all league wide receiver. And I really like those two way players because I feel like those guys understand what receivers are trying to do to them because they try to do it to defensive backs themselves. And that's why I really like, I know in this era of specialization, I still love those two way players. That's why I love guys like Prince Colley and Lorenzo styles and, 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 you know, Ryan Barnes played offense in high school. There's a lot of these guys that were two way players. I love two way players on either side of the ball. Sure. And Clarence Lewis was a two way player. And I think that helped him as well. So, you know, he's a guy that I also thought that physically was a little bit more ready to play, a little stronger, a um, little bit more physical than some of those other guys, and just a natural football player. And it's a good foundation to build upon. I mean, that's the thing is if he can kind of take that 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 confidence but then also become hungry, not become hungry, be hungry, and really want to take his game to that next level. Because, again, re- generally speaking, with young players that have early success, there's always that concern of do they become complacent. Sure. That's a concern with every young player that breaks out. It's not specific to Clarence Lewis. You're going to find out this spring whether or not he's got that hunger of, you know, it's kind of like, are you happy to be? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the first team defense, you know, are you going to go, you know, bang your head through a car window because you're just a starter? Remember uh, the program? Uh, uh, or are you someone who says, okay, I'm starting now. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, hey, you know what? I'm starting now, but that's not my yeah. goal. My goal is to go win a championship. My goal is to be the best cornerback in the country. Sure. Right. And so that's what we're going to find out from Clarence Lewis is how hungry is he to, you know, his focus shouldn't be on keeping a starting job. His focus is going to be on the next time I get matched up with a Devontae Smith type player, I'm going to shut him down. What do I got to do to get there? And if he can do that, then he's going to take a big jump and cement himself as a regular in this rotation. He's going to need to do it because there's a lot of talent left at that position that's going to push him this spring. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
I want to talk about Tariq Bracey because Tariq Bracey is in a unique situation uh, going into his senior year. And, and we all saw it, unfortunately for him, play out on national television. Um, we know the talent that he has. We've seen it on display. I mean, and, and in big games, too. I mean, we've seen what he can do. But he just appeared to lose his confidence last year. And thankfully, Clarence Lewis was there, and he was able to kind of take over as a true freshman. Uh, but both of those guys play the same position, which is very interesting as well. What do you see from Tariq Bracey moving into his senior year? I mean, we're not obviously behind the scenes. We're not in the room with him. Um, is Do you see an avenue for Tariq Bracey to find his way back on the field? First of all, Vince, they play the same position for now. You're correct okay. in your statement. I'm not I'm not I'm not right. um, and I was contradicting. I'm simply on. saying that whatever. you're you're not gonna move Clarence Lewis to boundary because there's no way you can you can go with Tariq Bracey as the guy at field corner right now. Be- not because he struggled, but because of why he struggled. Yeah. We've seen Tariq Bracey talk about his talent. We've seen some up and downs from him throughout his career. I mean, he was as a true freshman, great against Florida State, great against Pitt. Uh, strong a little bit against USC, bounces back. Uh, then you look in 2019, he's phenomenal against Georgia, two pass yep. breakups. He had other big games that year, and then he just gets torched against Virginia. You know, So we've seen that up and down from him in the past, and this year as well. I mean, I, the go watch the Duke game. He was excellent against Duke. There were plenty of times this year where he played good football, but there, there was just too many times where he looked lost. I mean, he's grabbing, reaching out and grabbing guys against North Carolina. When you see guys get turned and then reach and grab, that's a guy with no confidence. Yeah. Because he knows I'm beat and he's just trying to reach and yeah. grab. Yep. Uh, and so you saw that when he was getting beat in those games. He was getting beat by receivers that aren't as good as guys he's blanketed in the past. And and he was getting beat on routes that like you know he's better than that. And so yeah. there was just a no comp there was no trust in his technique. There was no trust in himself, his athleticism. And you can't you can't go into spring with a guy like that. Number one, he's got to earn that trust back. Now there are things you do to try to get him to get that confidence back. But at the end of the day, confidence is something that you can't. There's no drill for that, right? No, like there's not. There's nothing like okay, today is confidence boosting drill. There are confidence <laughs> boosting like things you'll do in practice. You know, there <laughs> there's days where I would go into practice and say nothing that my guys are going to do today is going to be correct. Sure, sure. Because it's that mental game of. Of I just want to keep them honest. And then there's those days where, like, you know, I've torn, torn them down for the last couple of days. Today's going to be super, like, hey, let's go. Let's, ch-, you know, teaching and lots of instruction and lots of encouragement and pats on the back and things like that. That's all part of that mental game of really building oh, yeah. up the right psyche amongst your football team. And, and, and so and there are things you can – is good at everything that you just did. Right. Everything well, that Lou you Holtz just was said. a master at that. Yes, I mean, he was an absolutely. absolute master at that. And where do you think I learned it from? <clears throat> It was, yeah. you know, being a Notre Dame fan, but then also spending time around Urban Meyer when he was a Bowling sure. Green. And sure. where did he learn it from? <laughs> right. Lou, Lou Holtz. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, so, absolutely. So anyway, um, I think when you look at Tariq Bracey, it's just he's just the biggest wild card that you have because if he can regain his confidence, you have a guy that's extremely athletic, a guy that has great feet, a guy that has really good speed, a guy that has usually really good instincts and coverage, who's surprisingly physical for a little guy. He was, to me, Notre Dame's hardest hitter at cornerback last year. I mean, when you talk about a guy that came up and hit, go look early in the year and watch some of the sticks he's laying on people, you know, coming up and playing, you know, screen game and quick game. So he's got all the tools except for great height. 
but it just like you said, that the consistency has always been an issue. And, sure. and this is a, a, a year for him where if he can bounce back, then you now have a guy that can do multiple things. Number one, if the ba- other boundary corners don't step up, you have a guy that you could step into the field position and you could move Clarence Lewis to the boundary. Number one. And if you're going into a game where let's say your boundary, you, you, you know, Clarence isn't your boundary, but you're going into a game where you're going to play left to right because you're playing a tempo team sure. and Notre Dame is so, so Notre Dame is going to be that we'll explain that here after this. Then maybe you could start Clarence and Lewis, Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey together, Clarence and Lewis. <laughs> it sounds like I'm old yeah, vaudeville. I know, right? <laughs> Didn't they travel west? Oh no, that's Lewis and Clark. Um, but you could start them together in some of yeah, those games, absolutely. And so you have some flexibility there. You could put you could put Tariq in the slot if you're playing a team that's got a really athletic slot. You could put him in the slot if you're playing a team that's got a bigger slot. You know, maybe Clarence Lewis could move inside there, or. You know, maybe Clarence Lewis could move to the boundary and you could put Cam. I mean, Tariq Bracey stepping up gives you a pure cover corner. And he is really the best pure cover corner that they have from a speed standpoint, uh, especially amongst the returners. And so him stepping up gives you that matchup guy for a a coach who wants to run a lot of cover one. Cover one is man across the board except for the free safe suit. What it means like one one safety deep that's it everybody else is in man coverage right and not everybody calls a cover one but that's the general the general term for it so that to me is a is a is a is a key they need to invest time in him and and get help trying to get that confidence back having said that if he doesn't have it back by the end of spring you have to, as a coaching staff, go into the offseason saying, we're, we're not going to have Tariq mentally. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that doesn't mean you give up on him. You still coach him up, but, but you, you have you to have, have a game to, plan. Yeah, you yeah. have to. And yeah. and I think they will. And and so how he develops is going to have a big impact on the rest of the group. And, again, the good news is because of the depth chart, the young talent, they don't need him necessarily to where if he doesn't step up, they're screwed. Much, which is kind of if if Clarence Lewis would have got hurt this year, or if Nick McLeod would have got hurt this year, they'd have been in big trouble. I don't view them as having that thin of a margin for error in twenty twenty one, even if a guy like Bracy struggles. But even then, even if he steps up and plays well, you're always going to have that backup plan in the back of your mind as a coach. That is this the game that you know he he loses it. That's always going to be a concern. Sure. So you're always going to have to have that backup plan. And but he's going to have to, you know, day after day after day, go out and prove that he's he's past that and he's the guy that he's capable of being. Hey everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. 
So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in this program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. So, Brian, you mentioned, uh, and I just want to put this out there for clarification for people, um, you know, we talk field boundary as far as position, but you also mentioned left-right as well. Are you hearing, or what are you hearing from, you know, your sources about what Notre Dame might be doing because a lot of time teams are either field boundary or left right, mm-hmm. and then there are some teams that can float between the two. If there's a tempo team like you had you had mentioned uh, earlier, what are you hearing about what Notre Dame is thinking about doing with their corners? So I'm gonna by the time y'all listen to this, I may even have it up already. But this week I'm gonna have a video up breaking down field boundary and what that means. And essentially, field is the wide side of the field, and the boundary is the short side. You know, the boundary of the the you know the hashes, which is much more important in college than it is the NFL. In the NFL, there's really no field boundary because the hashes the are so hash narrow. So small, right. Yeah. So it's just your it's a different skill set you're looking for. And essentially, when you're playing normal teams, you'll flip. So if the ball's on the left hash, you'll, you know, the offense is left, you'll have a field corner to the offense's right and the boundary to the left. Well, if the next play they throw to the right, and now the ball's on their right hash, those corners will flip sides. Right. Well, that's a lot harder to do when you're playing teams that are going tempo. Right. And so what what made it difficult to know really what Marcus Freeman did at Cincinnati was they played almost everyone they played was some form of tempo. They were a lot of left right. So they were left right a lot. But then as I've done some research and then kind of did some film analysis of some of those teams they played that weren't necessarily fast tempo teams, they play field boundary. So my understanding is talking to people is their base defense is going to be field boundary. And so Tariq Bracey, Clarence Lewis will be field players along with Ramon Henderson. And then you'll have, this is in the spring. And then you'll have Cam Hart, Caleb Offord, and then the two freshmen, Ryan Barnes and, and Philip Riley be the boundary players. Now there's going to have to be some versatility there because they're going to play a lot of right left. So when they play USC, the odds are pretty good that they're not right. going to be playing field boundary. Right. When they play North Carolina, the odds are good that they're not going to be playing field boundary. They're going to be going left, right. So they'll they'll you have to know both, and that's why I said in that previous segment where if you're playing a team that's a tempo team, there's a scenario in which if your two best cover players and you're trying to play a lot of cover one, and your two best cover players are Tariq Bracy and Clarence Lewis, you can play them both because sure. there's not a true field boundary as much in that situation. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if they're both playing well, that that's what. Tariq Bracey stepping up gives you is that that matchup potential sure. in coverage where you can go faster or yeah. more cover than sort of the bigger receivers they're going to have the bigger corners they're going to have if Tariq doesn't step up they don't have as much versatility in the cornerback position if Tariq's not mentally there they just have a bunch of big guys sure. and that's okay but it's nice to have that really athletic player that you can put out there against some of those teams and say hey Go cover this guy. Be fast. Right. Go cover this guy. And that's what they're going to need. So that's what we expect them to be doing this year. And if you're still uncertain or you'd like to learn more about Field Boundary, check out irishbreakdown.com here in the next couple of days uh, for that Notre Dame Football 101. I'm going to be doing about this, and then it'll also be on our, our YouTube channel. I'm going to probably work on that, um, probably have it, try to have it up by, by middle of the week. 
It's a great series, by the way. So make sure you check out uh, the Football 101 series that Brian's putting together. I, this is good stuff. It's, it, it's stuff that I would show, like, my younger high school players. Uh, seriously, like – this, these are the basics of that right. position. And that's what it's meant to be, right? right. This, isn't, this isn't like clinic talk for fellow coaches. This sure. is for people that are really trying to understand yeah. the terminology of the game. And so, great. Uh, but we'll dive into that. But let's get back to cornerback because there's Absolutely. still a lot of talented corners we got to talk about. Brian, let's talk about uh, kind of the, the group that has been on the roster for at least a year, the guys that missed that. That 2020 spring practice, like we were talking about, there's a trio of guys, uh, Ramon Henderson, Cam Hart, Caleb Offord, um, who we know the names. Uh, we think we know what they can do, but we haven't really seen them in game situations, uh, you know, to a full extent. Uh, what do you see from this group and what does this group need to do now that they're going to get their spring uh, and they're moving into this season where and as we stand right now, um, there's no returner on the boundary side as we stand right now. Now, there could be some movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody's going to have to step up at some point. So what do you see from this group moving forward? So let's start with Cam Hart because I think I think there's two wild cards at cornerback this this spring. And Tariq Bracey's one for the mentions the, the reasons we mentioned. Cam Hart's the other. And, the, and Cam Hart's the guy that I think suffered probably as much as any player on the roster last year, regardless of position. I'm talking the entire Notre Dame roster. He's the guy that probably suffered the most from not having a spring. Remember, yeah. recruited to play receiver, right. switched to defense kind of late in the year. The spring was going to be his time. He played a lot of scout team, so he didn't really like get that chance to be coached up. Sure. The spring was going to be his time to really get that coaching and development, and he didn't get it. So the talent is there, six two and a half, two 205 pounds, fast, and doesn't move like your typical big guy. Really fluid hips for a bigger guy, nice feet for a bigger guy, just had no technique and no feel for coverage. You'd see in, in the few games he played this year, I think it was a South Florida game where he had like a couple pass breakups, but then there was a couple times he got beat because he just couldn't find the ball. There's just that consistency on finding the ball that comes with repetition. Because it's he was not a he played DB in high school and he he actually likes defense more than offense because he originally wanted to play DB, but he was more natural at receiver than he was yeah. at corner. So he's still learning the technique in high school. He was just really big and athletic, so he's still learning the position. And so this is a big spring for him because he's got to go show that hey, I can be a a, a nat- I'm just not an athletic guy. I'm not a big athletic guy. I'm actually a a, a really polished cornerback now. So he's got to go out there and prove that he can you know, show the the proper footwork on a consistent basis, that he can make the right decisions on a consistent basis in coverage, that they can trust him to do more than just be a big zone guy. You know, can he line up and play man coverage? Can he learn to to use his size at the line of scrimmage and press? They're going to – they Marcus Freeman in an ideal situation is going to press. If Notre Dame's not pressing this year, then it tells me he doesn't have confidence in the corners that he has. It's not because he's made a philosophical change. They want to press. Cam Hart is the ideal press corner physically because he's 6'2 plus, really long arms, over 200 pounds, strong. But press isn't just about being long and strong. There's technique involved, not just the technique to make sure you get hands on. But what's your technique when you don't get hands on? What's your technique when the guy does get a step? What's your technique when a guy maybe wins that first move or that guy's going outside and you know, what's your tech, what's your hand technique? Cause there's two types of hand play and press. Number one is that initial 
that initial punch, right? So you've got to really get that 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 hand on. Most teams are one hand. I I don't I don't haven't seen anybody in college football. I see high school guys do the two hand crap, but you don't see that in college. But so that there's that initial punch, right? But then at some point in time, that's guys, you're gonna have to turn your hips. So then when you turn your hips, are you able to stay with that guy and stay hands on with that guy? Or is that when you lose them? The really good press guys not only get a good jam with the line, but they keep their hands on the entire time. It's like a really good offensive lineman, right? Like once Liam Eikenberg gets his hands on you as a left tackle, you're not getting off of him, right? Well, that's yeah. how the great corners are. Sure. And so, yeah, okay, you're great at that initial that initial press, that initial punch, but can you then, as you transition and the guy gets past you, can you then stay engaged, play to the right angles, you know, stay whether it's you need to step ahead, whether you want them to step behind, whatever the, the coverage you're doing, uh, can you then stay hands-on and, and reroute and not let him get free? There's so much more to it than just a punch at the line of scrimmage, right? Cornerback is so technical. It really is. Have to do. It and is one of the most technical positions. It is. And Still- some guys are just natural at it. Sure. You know, they're just physically natural at it. And, and sure. that's why you want those guys with the great feet and the loose hips because – they're just going to naturally do it. If a guy doesn't have really clean hips, then he's ha- he has to be a perfect technician. Richard Sherman's a great example in the NFL. Richard Sherman does not have the ideal speed and fluidity and transition ability that you want in a corner. The reason sure. he's a Hall of Famer is, number one, he's an intelligent football player. Yes, he's very long, but he has impeccable technique. I mean, his technique in transitions and in coverage and, and leverage, I mean, all those things are – just outstanding so you can overcome that but you have to be technically extremely strong and so for cam hart who even though he's fluid for a big guy he's not fluid compared to a 511 guy who's a more you know natural athlete so he has to have the right technique and if he doesn't have that then he's going to struggle so this is a big spring for him to be able to turn that big time potential into production if he can secure that boundary spot it really solidifies so much of this position I group. I agree. And and even if he can't, let's just say you don't, you don't, he's not to the point yet where maybe you are ready for him to be on an island by himself. If he can learn those techniques and show some of those instincts, then there, then that maybe the, the he's your your fifth D starting DB. Maybe because he is so big and physical, he can be that 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 rover type of player that that third safety that Marcus Freeman likes to use in the slot and then you know maybe you play Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey outside or maybe Ramon Henderson steps up or Caleb Offord we're going to talk about those guys too but Caleb Offord's emergence I would even argue more so than Tariq Bracey's it could could have a big impact on the entire secondary not Cam just Hart. corner Cam Hart yeah not just corner because of the versatility he can bring because of his size. Yep. Yeah. Well, he was, I remember you and I talking at that one spring practice that we got, um, how, how we were both talking about cam Hart and about how his size and his versatility could be something special this yeah. spring. And I think you're right. I think that him not having that spring really hurt him, uh, yeah. because he didn't have that focus time to really hone his craft Right, uh, because perfect size to be right. that boundary corner. I mean, you, you put him in a lab. That's what you're coming out with as far right. as a boundary corner is concerned. If in in that one spring practice we saw him at, right? Like let's yeah. that that epitomizes where he's at. There were some there were some coverage snaps where you're like, oh wow, 
okay, yeah. look at that size. Look at that speed. And then yeah. there was a couple times Javon McKinley smoked him because you're like, oh, he had no clue how to handle that out and up. Sure. You know, or, or his his or his his footwork got crossed up, and then he's just not fast enough to overcome when yeah. he gets crossed up. Like Tariq Bracy has been in the past when he's confident, he'll get beat by a step, but he's so fast he can recover. Troy Pride could do that. Yes. Cam Hart's not doing that. And so there were a couple times he got beat because and then another time he got beat because he didn't find the ball. But then there was other times where he made a great play on the ball. So you could see the flashes, but then you could also see that this kid's got a long way to go. Well, I would have loved to have seen what he would have been by practice 15, you know, with a full spring. Well, now we're going to get to see it. Now it's his chance. And so there, there won't be excuses for him this year. I'm not saying he would make any, but there's going to be no excuses for him. He's either going to step up and seize hold and force his way onto the field, or he's going to find himself getting challenged by, by younger players. So we mentioned, you know, Caleb Offord, Ramon Henderson. Uh, those are two guys that kind of get lost in the mix a little bit, uh, I think, because, you know, of all the reasons that you just put out there about the three guys we've already talked about, um, what do you see these two guys uh, do in this spring? Well, we've talked at other positions, kind of like the middle children kind of thing, yeah, you know, right. and, and that's them at corner because, you know, yeah. there is the veterans like Cam Hart. And then, of course, Clarence Lewis has already stepped up and Treat Bracey. And then there's the incoming freshman class, which is really good. So this is a big spring for those two guys. And and they've got to step up and, and say, hey, look, you either step up now or you're going to get passed up. Simple as that. Yes. Uh, Caleb Offord to me is another guy that is super raw that needed last spring. I have no idea where he's at right now in his development, but you know, I question his ath athletic ability for the position. I've always kind of felt maybe he was a better safety athletically, but even, but then it's like, he, I don't know if he has the body and he's sure. a big question mark. So I, I really don't have any clue what to expect from him this spring. Uh, he's just, to me, he's a blank slate in, in regards to my evaluation of him. Uh, Ramon Henderson, however, is an interesting prospect because when Notre Dame was originally recruiting him, I did not like that recruitment because when you watch him as a junior, he was a track kid trying to play football, and he was more of a receiver than he was a corner. But they pushed for him, and then you watch a senior film, and you're like, he's still a track player trying to play football, but he's at least showing a little bit more instinct as a football player. But he got a lot better corner to the point where you're like, okay – I can see the hips now. I can see the feet now. Like the tools are there and he's extremely fast and he's very long. So now it makes a lot more sense where, you know, that's the kind of guy you take a flyer on and you take a chance on because if it clicks, you've got a six, one and a half long armed guy that can run a four, four. If it doesn't click, you've got a six, one and a half, you know, long guy who runs a four, four that you can run down on punts and kickoffs. Right. I mean, right. And so that's where he is. And so to me, this is a big spring for him because he's kind of got that size where he could be a field player, but but maybe you might have to give him a shot in the boundary if other guys don't step up. But you know, maybe he's that nickel guy. And even if he's not a guy that's necessarily going to push his way into the field this year, at least show enough to where you go into next spring and, and okay, now's your chance to – you know, he's a redshirt freshman. He can go into next year as a – then would be a redshirt sophomore hoping to kind of crack the rotation at some point in time. But he's an intriguing player for me, Vince, because of he does have things that you can't teach. You can't teach six one and a half with really long arms in legit low four four speed. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that I had really impressive track numbers in high school. It just needs to now translate onto the football field. And so if it can, you've got a speed guy. Cause a lot of the other bigger corners they have aren't speed guys. You know, we'll get into some of the freshmen. They're great prospects, but they're not speed guys. Ryan Ramon Henderson is a speed guy. And if he pans out and, and steps up and 
earns that playing time this year, you have a different skill set that you can utilize. That's important. And and if they can take advantage of that, and if he can take advantage of that unique skill set, then that just adds another really athletic option in the secondary that gives them potential. Even if it's not maybe as a full-time guy, but maybe there's four or five games where you're like, boy, we could really use Ramon's specific skill set in this game. And those are opportunities where he gets more playing time. Brian, we uh, we've explained this before, but I, I want to make sure that I mention it again. We're, this is a spring preview, so not all the freshmen are going to be talked about because they're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are two freshmen uh, in the cornerback class that have enrolled early, and so we're going to talk about them briefly and uh, what they bring to the table. We're talking about uh, Ryan Barnes and Philip Riley. They're both on campus. They're both going to participate in spring ball. What is the best case scenario for those guys coming in for their first semester uh, of, of co- major college football? Best case scenario is they're playing a lot of football next year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're t- that, they have the talent to do that. I, yeah. Look, Notre Dame, I think I, I think I had it where like Notre Dame's had 10 co- freshman corners earn at least a start in, in their first year, at least one start their first wow. year. And, and it would have been more had Sean Crawford not got hurt in fall camp of his freshman year. Because remember, he was going to start as the nickel that yeah. year. Remember, and so that's that you're going to see freshmen play, especially when you consider the fact that this is a true five DB defense, ideally, but then also that there is not a lot of proven production ahead of them. Sure. They're going to get a chance to play. Just how much? We'll see. Can one of them become a starter? We'll see. Sure. Ryan Barnes to me is one of the most intriguing prospects, and and we had a video and an article about him. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that one because check those out. Uh, we even had a standalone podcast where we talked about him. So check that out. He is my Super sleeper in this class. I think he's going to end up being a tremendous football player at Notre Dame. I won't be shocked at all if he's their best cornerback by the end of the year. Wow. I'm not predicting it. Well, I'm, I'm predicting he's going to be a, a, a he's going to play a lot. I'm predicting he's going to play a lot. I'm not going to be shocked if he's if he's that by the end of the year. Philip Riley is a unique player. This is the most physically ready to play cornerback I've ever seen Notre Dame sign. This is a kid who's a legit 190 pounds. He looks like a college senior, not a high school senior. You know, just as far as just muscle, muscular, and strong and physical. I watched a game from him this year of, uh, it, where he was literally like body slamming corners or receivers at the line of scrimmage. I mean, and not like in a cheap way, but he was just so strong that he could kind of just lift them up and put them on their backs. You know, and and he's really physical at the line of scrimmage. He's fast. He's a lot faster than you might think. He's not as he's a little tight in the hips, which okay. is my one concern. But that hip tightness isn't so much that it's like, well, he can't play corner. It's just he's going to have to really be fundamentally sound. But he's physical. He's competitive. He's a hard worker. He's a guy that wants to be great. He's a guy that's really hungry. Uh, and, and he's a guy that, to me, has the football IQ to play early. So there's nothing he doesn't have physically and mentally that should keep him from playing as a freshman. It's just about can you put it all together and go beat guys out? And so that's the key for him. And he's an intriguing player because there's a lot of talk about him playing safety, and I think he could do it. He's a smart player. He's athletic enough. He can, he's can. he got range to play safety, and he's physical. Yeah. But he's a guy that I'm also kind of have my eye on is could he be that third safety that type player? Type. Yeah. yeah. in the in Because, yeah. again, remember, in, a, in an ideal form, Marcus Freeman would like to have a true 4-2-5, not to where you've got like a hybrid linebacker, uh, like a Jeremiah Wusu Kormo, although if you have that, you're going to play that. But you don't want like necessarily a Drew Tranquil guy there. You sure. want a safety there. Sure. You'd want a Zeke Mata, a Harrison Smith type player there. 
even a Kyle Hamilton type player, you'd want to play there if you had other players behind him, you know, so you want that kind of that kind of player there. And and it doesn't have to be a tall guy. It just it needs to be a guy that can play the run and be physical and you know handle tight ends, but also athletic enough throwing slots. Philip Riley can be that guy. Yeah. And when you look at his strength, I mean, just and not just weight room strength. Right. Like, you know that like there's guys who are just weight room strong. Then you get on a football field. They can't push anybody around. You just watch yeah. him hit people with his hands, and you're just like, like Dre Bly was this way. Like I, I played again. I talked to a guy that uh, was working with a guy who played against Dre Bly, and and he said when when you'd be done playing Dre Bly, you'd take your pads off, and your whole inside would just be bruised Oof. because he was just so number one. He was great with his hands, but he would just had such powerful hands and such strong hands that when yeah. he hit you. It's like it did a little something different than when, like you know, a, a other corners would just kind of get their hands on you. Like I mean, he was, like, yeah, he away. was like a body puncher, you yeah. know, and and not in sure. a dirty way, but he just had those powerful, heavy hands. Sure. And Philip Riley has powerful, heavy hands. I mean, if you're someone who likes boxing, you know this. Some guys just for whatever reason, same two guys, same size. One guy has knockout power. One guy doesn't. Yeah. Right. They sure. both work out. They both lift weights. It's just one guy has that natural power you know same thing with quarterbacks two guys same size one guy has a cannon for an arm the other guy not so much right it's just it's just physics right and so for whatever reason the way his body is put together he's got really fast powerful hands that that are beyond just the weight room weight room strength that he possesses so i'll be shocked if those two guys aren't playing as freshmen barring injury shocked and uh, being not, here in this break helps it's huge for them. It, and honestly, I'd be saying the same thing if they weren't here in the spring. That's how good they are. But now yeah. that now that 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 it is, they're gonna they're gonna be guys that I think are gonna be on the field on Saturdays yeah. in the fall. What capacity starters, rotation guys, special teams guys remains to be seen. But if you're a returning player at Notre Dame from Clarence Lewis on down, you better bring it this spring because Love otherwise it. you're gonna find yourself getting passed up by by Ryan Barnes and Philip Riley in a hurry, which I think at the end of the day makes this whole group better. Yes, absolutely. Yes. You got to bring it because there's a lot of dudes that want my job. You yes. better bring it or we're going to find somebody else. Yep. So one of the things that we love to do uh, with our spring preview is we like to put forth three questions um, that you know we're looking to get answered. And it may happen in the spring. It may not happen till the fall. Um, but our three questions at the cornerback position, Brian, number one, can Tariq Bracey get his confidence back? And I think that is the biggest one of all. And we kind of talked about it when we were talking about Tariq Bracey, but um, him having his confidence back and being the guy that he can be just completely changes everything that you want to do uh, in the defensive secondary. So uh, that's that's our first question. Number two, uh, will one of the returners break out, right? And, and that means, you know, we talk in Clarence Lewis taking that next step, Ramon Henderson, Cam Hart, Caleb Offord. Um, Tariq Bracey, for that matter, which one of those guys can take that big next step and be the breakout player? And our final one, can the newcomers force their way onto the field? And there's the talent to do it. We just talked about it. There's there's a lot of talent in this young group. We're excited about this talent. Brian gave uh, this freshman class an A- minus as far as the, the recruiting, uh, his recruiting grade for these corners. So an A minus grade, that's high praise. Uh, that's if you know top, anything about, I mean, that's top 10. And I mean, yeah, yeah that's it's high a, praise, man. You know. So pay, pay attention to this corner group. Uh, but can any of them get their way onto the field? If they can, I think that's a pretty good sign. So uh, those are our three questions for the cornerback group. 
And that is going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast, our cornerback preview for the spring. Uh, Make sure you check out irishbreakdown.com for all the updates. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that notification button as well. And then, of course, uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts because we are in every place that you get your podcasts. So um, uh, for Brian, I'm Vince. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.